If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You know what, Justin, what I don't want to see happen is... I don't want to see Doug starting to cut my steak and no longer Sal's anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want that to happen. Are you know. talking about closing ability? I don't, I don't want Doug to have, like, a new favorite. Are you like, talking about closing ability? Like, this whole time, I thought I thought I was with Obi-Wan Kenobi already. Are you talking about, are you talking about, are you talking about closing ability, sales ability? <laughs> well, whatever, dude. You know what? It's, it's not a company. Whatever, whatever, whatever was that impressed Doug. you great. I don't even know if that's what impressed Doug. Maybe Doug wasn't impressed yeah. by that. But No, yeah. you know what? You know what? I won't even... It's not a competition. You know why? Because we've already been in a couple situations, just a couple where me and you start to harmonize yeah, our ability yeah. and it just comes out better than if than than the individual parts it's add like, up to. It's like two crystals, man, just, you know, getting that energy. <laughs> Bro, it's so like that. <laughs> it's so lo- so like. So yeah. so you can flex your dick, huh? Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, I don't know how. I just do it. It's a um, uh, mind dick connection. Ooh. It's a mind minded dick connection. Like yeah. you get it to do the head nod. Like uh, that? I'm thinking. Well, about, that's what I think when I think flexing the I'm th- dick. I'm yeah. thinking about writing a guide. I can do that. You're writing a guide on it. I'm thinking about it. Dick 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 flexion like in half. Yeah. I think there's I think there's uh there's important times it can come in handy. Don't you think so? To, to, have, to, to have a dick bicep. To, yeah, flex your dick on 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 call. Have a dick bicep, dick <laughs> tricep. <laughs> Oh my God! All the way up and in, bro. Sometimes you could just lift them. You know what I mean? No hands. Mm. How many towels can you hang off of it when it's uh? No, I'm just kidding. Two beach. This is getting really bad. (laughs) Two beach towels. Yeah, I put rings on mine. Strong. Have people swing on it. So, um, I had to have the last word, Doug. I'm sorry. (laughs) I always have to have the last word and just go real fucking far with that shit. I do. I will say this, however, not just to go off off the topic. That reminds me of Chris Angel. I have to make it. I have to make a a a comment on Adam's shoes again. Um, I like these ones. Oh, I like these ones because they're almost like soccer shoes. That's why. Is that why? Yeah, because they're Asics. It's (sighs) because they're like artsy. Yeah, they're they're they're, kind, like they're weird, but I like them. The one thing I don't like about them is the laces. Interesting. The laces are kind of weird, but the rest of it's interesting. I don't know what. How would you describe that? Well, it's like a, it's kind of I don't know how to describe it. Here, here's here's the thing that's unfortunate for the listeners is I'm not going to plug the guy who made these shoes. Why these shoes? Is he a dick? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, uh, uh, but I I felt here is a sweatshop. I felt he handled me really <laughs> unprofessionally, and I was really disappointed. And I was really, and because I, I really wanted to, I'm not somebody. I never ask for things for free, right? Like I'm not one of these douchebags that uh, knows that a lot of these people mm. send me free shit all the time. But I, and if there's a, a product or something I really want or really mm-hmm. like, um, I I'd rather pay for it. You know what I'm saying? For especially if it's something I want. Well, so I had I saw these shoes and I wanted to, I t- I bought them first. Then I sent him a message and told him like, hey, just I just want to let you know that I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I've been following your your page since you started. Uh, dude's an artist and he, and he does all this stuff to custom shoes and the, he also does it to these are a rare pair wait of a minute so this isn't just Asics didn't do this no nobody else has these shoes bro so he buys the Asics and then he does it these and are he cu- just makes his interpretation of yeah, it yeah he does all different it's not just those how, much, so, how much those fucking tennis shoes cost don't ask those questions bro. <laughs> how much do you pay for tennis shoes don't ask those questions more he's than 200 a, bucks he's a shoe whore <laughs> yes, don't you bro. remember this you said more for tennis shoes <laughs> for sneakers sneakers <laughs> god Damn it. My point though is uh, they're super you're, badass. Here me and Justin are with fucking shoes Bro. from. I think I bought mine 19, ten years ago. Yeah, something 80, like that. So. I have I have cheap shoes like that too, but I have nice shoes too. I've oh, never seen you wear cheap you. shoes in my life. <laughs> well, do you know the thing that's cool though is you'll never see these on anybody else, bro. 
Your boy is the only one that has these. I like them. I, I see. I like we wear the same shoe size. I, ha- I kind of have that with hats. Like I, I used to have that, and then uh, through a bunch of moves, lost like a huge amount of my collection. But yeah, that's the How one. Did thing. You, what do you mean you lost, dude? I mean, people stole them. I'm sure. Oh, you actually lost, lost. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Lots of lots of hats uh, wow. missing in the mix. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, and then I think my wife threw away a bunch of. Them. I was just gonna yeah. say that's probably what happened. Pretty sure. You know, like, I was always a, a, a shoe fanatic as a kid. Um, it's one of those things that I actually fell uh, fell off of and stopped doing for a long period of time when I got older. And and thought, oh, that was that was stupid, or you know, what, what what's the point of having expensive shoes? Bought all this shit. But I tell you what, I, I when I got back into collecting shoes again um, and hats, I'm into hats also. Uh, it it re- renewed uh, the youth in me, and it makes me feel young. So fuck anybody who says that it's. I uh, I like expensive shoes a lot, but only expensive like dress shoes, not course, expensive tennis you're shoes. Italian. See now I have I have a thing. God, the racism in this room. <laughs> <laughs> See now I have I have a. You can bring all the Mick jokes you want, bro. <laughs> I have, bring it. I have oh, I have a theory about about that that I yeah, think exactly. is silly. I think that it's boom. people that say things like that remind. I, I, this is the same. No, thing. I'm not like, making funny. It's just me. No, 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 no. no. I, but that you actually think like a majority of the people and here's my defense or argument to that is I know what um, say. well I know what you know I'm going to say because you're a smart guy <laughs> and you're thinking you're, re- you're thinking about what you just said things like oh, I, I get it then I get what because you know why I'll wear these shoes more times than you'll ever wear those dress yeah. shoes I'll get yeah. way more usage out of them right and to, so to me I bought a tux one time yeah, right. you, worst you, mistake. Why would you buy it? I was so stupid. It was like you some spe- exactly. Somebody like closed me on the fact that I had to have because in your head you think that like, you're going I to. I do. Yeah. Like should have got an awesome suit instead. <laughs> right. Got a tux. Never wore wore it once. That's it. That's funny. You have a worst tux. thing ever. You wear it for role playing yeah. now. Yeah. You're like, honey, I feel like I'm going to play yeah, James Bond. Exactly. Tonight. I was like, I'm going to have James Bond parties or you yeah. know, whatever. No. <laughs> Let's make this happen. The, the, uh, I, I have suits. I have, I have some suits, um, but then I have my big suits and my smaller suits, depending on, because I used to bulk back in the day. Everybody knows this, right? Gain lots of weight and lose lots of weight, get lean, get big. And so I have suits that are like, for me, when I'm at 220, 230, <laughs> and I have suits for when I'm like 190. So mm. there's a pretty big. Dude, I'm. So somebody goes in my closet, they'll be like, two people are sharing this, this closet. A big mm. dude and a smaller dude. No, <laughs> I have the exact same. That's the shitty part is too. I probably have about ten suits, and at all times I could fit in two. You know. <laughs> like, yeah, but which one does your wife like more? My birthday big suit. Sal. Bing, oh. bing, bing, bing. Oh. Liar. Are points. You talking, are you talking about the way I look? You got points on that one. No, wife likes it when I'm lean. She doesn't like it when I'm. She's petite. Oh. So when I get big, it's just it's just too much. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot of meat. You know what I mean to handle. You know what yeah. gets big on me when Tell I get heavy? About it. My ass gets big and my legs get really big. Yeah. So I become this big ass walking around. And it's just it's just a lot. It's just a lot, Story Adam. Of my life. Adam, Adam, it's a lot, bro, to walk around with an ass that big. You know what I'm saying? It's just too much for people to handle. So I had to, I had to cut it down a little bit. I want to be, you know, Good call. I don't want to overwhelm people. Speaking of that, we should talk about uh, imbalances. J-Lo Sal. Mm. Since you don't like to have it. you got imbalanced ass. Imbalances. Yeah. Well, uh, you mean like chemical imbalances, like crazy people? No, I mean like muscle Mm. imbalances. Oh, okay. Like when people are out of proportion, you know? And that could cause bad shit later on, right? How does that work? We should should talk about some common muscle imbalances that, that we see. Well, first of all, let's explain what a muscle imbalance is. For the sake of this podcast, we're not talking about a visual muscle imbalance in the sense of 
one muscle looking overdeveloped and one muscle looking underdeveloped because that's purely aesthetic. Yeah. Um, we're talking about from a functional standpoint. Yeah, the okay. ability to activate one compared to another. One. Right, and how they move, uh, and, and you know how they move in synergy. I'm I'm going to use your word uh, today, Justin. Thank you. Yes. Synergy. Can you That's say mine? It? Can you say it? You with, can borrow it. But can you say it with that voice that you say the the the, the Arctic breeze voice? Synergy. Yes. Synergy. That's what we want. There. So it's let me. There it was. Let's explain why it's important to have muscles that are in balance uh, or that are balanced. Um, joints function. Uh, they only joints only move in the direction that the muscles move them. So if the if there's a favorable way that a, that a joint can move, and then there's less favorable ways that joints can move. And if muscles the are out of science of biomechanics, right? And if if I have imbalances, then it will create joint problems. It will create smaller or uh, shorter ranges of motion, and eventually will cause degenerative issues in my joints. Um, and your spine is one big joint, and and that that's in the same category. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's important to. Um, identify what these imbalances are. So I think we should talk about maybe right. some it's, common it, ones. Yeah, it's optimizing, you know, fluid movement, the way that your body is designed, you know, mechanically speaking, um, to get everything to to uh, align properly. And so, you know, real imbalances are when, I mean, really it's, it's, it's a recruitment pattern that is off, mm-hmm. right? One is overactive. One is getting more of the assignment than, say, another you know, uh, so yeah, why don't you kind of well, perfect, take it like a perfect example of that is the number one syndrome found in people is upper cross syndrome. There so, which is we'll start with that, you know, protracted shoulder girdle, forward head, which is, you know, think of a person. So, protracted shoulder, rounded shoulders. Yeah. So, think of somebody looking hunched over a computer and the way their body looks, you know. Mm-hmm. So, think of that. If you're hunched over a computer typing on your desk and your head is forward looking at the screen, what, that's what upper cross right, syndrome is. And looks what like. may not be obvious is now, you know, you look at tight. Tight muscles, uh, so to speak. So, overactively speaking, like you know, uh, with with the chest, it's it's really hard to open up the chest when you have that condition, and yep. that's what we want to address. And we want to strengthen, you know, back in the rhomboids. We want to strengthen this this shoulder girdle by you know pulling everything back. Right. So, so what's the problem with uh, with upper cross syndrome? People are going to be like, well, what's what's wrong with your that? your anterior delts, your pectoris major are primarily the ones that are overactive, like Justin saying. So, in other words, they're tight and they're pulling the scapula mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Is what they're doing. And what happens when you have your scapula forward? And I try to move my arm. Let's say I want to reach above my head. Mm. Um, I can't reach very high above my head because the shoulder joint only moves so far. The rest of that range of motion comes from my scapula, my shoulder blade. Mm -hmm. If they're constantly in that rounded position, um, I'm prone to having shoulder problems. That's number one. There's other issues too, but shoulder problems are- So a good test for that. So here's a test for somebody who's at home. If you scoot against the wall, put your heels and your butt in the back of your head against the wall- and your hands down by your side, and then you slowly raise them up over your head. You'll see your you will all of a sudden arch if before you wait how far before you get up there. We'll before the back, your, of your body wants to compensate floor. right yes. to to make that movement possible, yeah. attainable. So. And, and so something and easy. This is how I used to train trainers on this um, because it can be kind of complicated when you ident- when you look at ident- uh, you know the anatomy and mm-hmm. how things move. This is the way you want to look at it. Um, I'll use my arm as an example. So uh, if I have my right arm bent, like I'm flexing my bicep, but I keep it bent like that all the time. Let's say I tape it that way and I keep it like that for a couple years. When I take the tape off to stretch my arm out, to straighten it out, you you can pretty much assume that my bicep is going to be really fucking tight now because yeah. it's always been in that kind of shortened position. Right. So somebody with forward shoulder, 
Think about all the muscles that bring those bring that position into play. Those muscles are where they're going to be tight. So you guys pointed to the pecs. That's a real common one, mm-hmm. um, or that's the most. That's the I I, I think the um, the biggest contributor in terms of tightness uh, in, in upper cross syndrome. So with that particular individual, they would want to stretch the chest out. Mm-hmm. But besides stretching the chest out, now we have an issue with strength on the opposite side. Yeah. And typically, when right. you look at the body. If you have tightness in one area, you'll have weakness in the opposite area. Typically, not always, but typically. When it's extreme, like let's right. just say. Right. Yeah. So in that particular case, what we would want to do is we would want to strengthen the shoulder blade's ability to pinch back. Okay? Mm-hmm. So a row would be a fantastic exercise for that individual. However, can you row? Here's a question I'm going to ask you. Can you row without getting good what's called scapular retraction, or can you row without pinching the shoulder? Oh, back? absolutely. You can. you can row all with your biceps. You can row with your biceps and your lats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't understand what you're trying to correct and you just go do the row, what will end up happening is you'll actually strengthen the imbalance. The imbalance, yes. You'll yeah. make the imbalance work. Never gets corrected. Worse. Right. Which is, this is what happens to most people who go to the gym and they start working out. Is right. Especially when you're somebody who starts working out later in your life. Mm-hmm. Because you've created all these imbalances over 10, 20, 30, 40 years possibly, and then you're just now getting into training and working out. And if you don't properly fix all these things during your, your program design, then all you end up doing is worsening a lot of them. Which is also why I think... I can't can't remember the statistic is, but I think it's one out of four people that actually get their end up getting a membership or start working out end up quitting because of injury because mm-hmm. they end up yeah. hurting themselves, you know. And they're hurting themselves because they're of muscle imbalances. Yep. You move wrong and then you start adding load to that and then you start progressing with your strength, you're setting yourself up for injury. And in and, and when we're talking about forward shoulder, you know, everybody that goes to the gym, or at least every dude, they'll do two exercises guaranteed bench press and lat pull down which will only make their forward shoulder worse. (laughs) Let's tighten the chest more. They're tightening the chest and tightening the lats, the strength in the lats, and not focusing on being able to bring the shoulder blades back. And then you get the dude, that the meathead walk, you know, when people walk around the gym with their arms out to the sides. Like a gorilla. Yeah, they look like a gorilla um, because of those imbalances. So when you're trying to correct an imbalance, it's important to use lightweight and focus on the form more than anything. Perfect form. And slow. Slow. Uh, I, I, uh, sometimes I even just recommend isometrics. So I want to hold in position so I know I have proper scapular retraction Yes, and I'm holding it and I'm feeling it. Oh, I would say if, if your main purpose is corrective and that, let's say that's your main thing that you're going after, that would be a, a superior. Yes. I mean, to a sense, right? I know well, it, it in would, the beginning, definitely. Yeah. Which, that's yeah very, central nervous system. We're just trying to get just to that. feel it fire. Yeah. Just to feel That's a fire. It, that yeah. activation. Uh, another example would be an imbalance between the hips and the knees. Um, this is a really common one. Whenever I have someone come in and do a squat for me, uh, just a standing squat, no weight, nine out of ten times, especially if they're beginners, I'll see that the hips won't fire very well mm-hmm. and they're going to be quad dominant. Um, so what it looks like from the side when you're watching someone squat is they should be able to sit back with their butt, almost like they're going to sit down, and they should have a nice bend in the hip and a nice bend in the knee. But what ends up happening with a lot of people is the hips don't do that. They kind of squat down, their heels come off the floor, and the knees come forward because their quads are trying to do the entire movement. That person, if they don't correct that form, they're going to have bad knees. Calves are super tight if their heels are coming. Right. It's super tight. You're uh, going to have quads. Sure, those will get stronger, but your hips will stay weak. And you're going to get back problems and knee problems as 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 a result of that. So with that person, I would have them sit back. And again, like Justin was saying, 
go slow mm-hmm. and focus on you know for a squat for example look the, the the joint of the body that's doing most of the load when you do a proper squat is your hips it's yep. not your knees and if you look at the joints involved in a squat one joint is very mobile and then there's another joint which is not as mobile which mm-hmm. so the hips are way more mobile than the, than the knees are the knees are big joints they can handle a lot of weight too but not as much as the hips can. Yeah. So you should be able to place more weight on the hips than more like than on the stabilizing. Knees. Yeah, the knee is just there to keep you in play. I mean, if you're doing it properly, you should be able to transfer most of the load back to the hips. Back to the hips, yeah. right? And the knees only really bend. They bend. They they flex and extend, but they, they don't flex extend. Yeah. But they don't go laterally. They don't bend. And the, those they have right. all these ligaments holding them in position right. to prevent it's a that hinge. Yeah. Yeah. So and the hips the hips do that. So when you're working out, it's important. And we're talking a lot about beginners. If you're a beginner, um, this is why I always highly recommend you hire a good trainer because more than anything, what they'll do is they'll progress you to the point where you don't have super big muscle imbalances and then you can go on on your own and work out and not encounter some of these problems. However, if you're intermediate or advanced, you also have to be careful for muscle imbalances. Mm-hmm. you got to be careful, especially as your strength progresses. Yeah. you know, If you're adding 50, 60 pounds to your squat, um, it's a good idea to back off and perfect your form with lighter weight. I just did this yesterday. I just did a post on this yesterday where um, I was going heavy uh, with my squats for a while. Me and Adam were getting to a little squat competition, and you know I'm kind of backed off. And what I did was I backed off and I put you know 315 on the bar, and I'd go down to the bottom and just hold it for five seconds and watch myself in the mirror, mm-hmm. make sure my knees were straight, my hips were firing in the right position, and then come up, and I just did a bunch of those mm-hmm. to, to maximize, you know, to make sure that my, my muscles are uh, firing the way they should. Right. Um, but, yeah, those are those are some common ones. Um, the shoulders shoulders are a big one. A lot of the imbalances it's with shoulders. It's a complex t- movement that, uh, you know, your body can provide, at, you know, with the shoulder joints. So, it, I mean, it, it does. Like, you run into a lot of imbalances because of the way that, you know, you do things every, all day long. Like all these little movements contribute to uh, a pattern and then the pattern, the body wants to make that pattern uh, more efficient. And so it wants to limit other things you're not using probably as much, which really is most of the cases that you're just not using, you know, your, your range of motion, like for certain movements very, very often. And so one of the biggest things like, like why I like uh, tools that I promote like the stick and like, uh, you know, these clubs and, and things like that is because it challenges, it gives that circular movement that, I mean, you don't really do that mm-hmm. otherwise. You know what I saw yesterday at, uh, that remind that you just reminded me of? So I'm, I'm in the gym, I'm working out. Guys doing seated, seated military press. And this is more common than not. Guys will do a seated military press. They'll take a really wide grip, which isn't necessarily ideal. And they'll bring the bar down with their elbows flared way out, and they'll bring the bar down to the maybe to their eye level at the lowest. Usually, it's towards their maybe their head, and then they'll press it back up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't take a weight and bring it all the way down to where it's almost sitting on your upper chest, where mm-hmm. your elbows are tucked underneath you, and then press it up, then you you're, you you should lighten the load right. and focus on your form there because what you're doing is you're 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 making your shoulders perform. Right. You're adapting to that that range specifically, and mm-hmm. now you're limiting, which uh, ironically all the capacity is, of your shoulder and what it was 
intended to do. Mm -hmm. Which is ironically one of the issues that a lot of people deal with as they get older is shoulder problems. And a lot of it is because of people end up perpetuating it by doing things like this. And these are old safety precautionary things that were voiced to us in in the education process where 90 degrees was like the standard for a lot of like safe ranges of motion. I promoted by somebody i don't remember who but oh a lot of certifications yeah. were that way almost i taught that as a trainer forever mm-hmm. to drop down to only go down to 90 oh degrees. Yeah. yeah on on almost on bench press on shoulder and that's why it and you know now with the knowledge that we have now that's the reason why they did that as a sort of if you're going to certify these trainers and teach these people they think oh for safety reasons let's teach Lots them just of red tape and precautionary yeah things in but there. in reality if you know for teaching optimal performance and functionality and stuff like that that's the worst thing you could do what you should be doing is actually learning yeah. to take all those muscles through as much range of motion as you physically can through being safe you know so right. I, another thing that always uh always boggled me as a trainer was uh, which it also makes total sense for us now is people would be surprised on um how many of those people with really serious imbalances uh are athletes Mm-hmm. Uh, because you think you see this guy on TV or you know he was this like super football player, or basketball or baseball player, and he's like was a stud and looked all great or whatever. But what you don't realize is that athlete to get that good has done the same repetitive movements yes. year and you year. Repetitive year movements. And, yes, year and year and year yeah. and year. The same shit over and over and over. And now, I mean, because think about it, uh, a baseball player does not throw a baseball with both hands. He doesn't bat with both. A golfer doesn't swing the same on both sides. A, a tennis player doesn't swing the same on both sides. A soccer player doesn't kick the ball the same way on both his right and his left. You know, all these all these sports cause imbalances to the body. It's not ideal but yet in our mind as consumers we look to athletes to give us workouts and to give us the answer to what we should be eating or doing and working out which is so funny and ironic to me right? yeah i mean i think it's important to to understand that the the safe range of motion for you to train in is the safe range of motion for you to train in, to, to train in that's it and what does that mean the maximum range of motion you can move in um, with good form and good technique. Mm-hmm. So, and your goal should be to extend that. Your goal should be to constantly absolutely progress that range of motion. Now, if you're stupid, what you do is you add too much weight, let your form go shitty, hurt yourself, and then blame the range of motion and say, "Oh, I, you know, you know, well, how did you hurt your shoulder? I went too low with the shoulder press. No, you went too low with too much weight yeah. with the shoulder press. Um, I'll give you an example. I've I've had a strained. Uh, you know, bicep, and I believe it was my pronator teres or maybe even my brachialis that was strained. And, um, you know, in the past, what I would do is I would avoid doing movements, uh, you know, with that for that muscle and try and let it rest. This time, what I did is I went real light and I just did long range of motion exercises mm-hmm. and watched my recovery yep. get better. Um, I, I learned this from a physical therapist, you know, a long time ago that I worked with. I had a client who could not reach above her head without shoulder pain. So she could go up to, um, maybe a little higher than parallel with her arm. Any higher than that, shoulder impingement, it was pain. But if she was resisting in the opposite direction, she could get a full range of motion. So in mm-hmm. other words, if I had her grab a lat pull-down bar mm-hmm. and the bar was pulling up on her, then her arm could go up in that position. She just couldn't put it up there herself. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I would do. I would have the bar loaded with some weight. Mm-hmm. I'd have it pull her arms up, and then I'd slowly take the bar out of her hands and have her just support her arms up in that position once it got her her arms in that position Mm -hmm. and within a matter of months and this is a woman who couldn't move her shoulder very well for years within a matter of months she had full range of motion 
So that it was all about moving into that range of motion in a comfortable way and then strengthening within that full range of motion versus avoiding it, which is usually the wrong thing to do. Um, uh, Squats are a great example, too. For a long time, we've heard, you know, the myth that doing a full squat is bad for the knees. Um, it's it's actually the opposite. Doing a quarter squat is worse for your knees, or a half yeah. squat is worse for the knees, or more dangerous. But in reality, you should be able. To, I that's what I preach to people. I tell uh, people all the time. My classes when I, I I get a chance to see you know hundreds of people sometimes in a week, and when I get a chance to see all these lives, and I'm like one of the number one things I always preach to because I see it so often the, these little quarter squats by people that are in their 30s and 40s and plus and i'm like dude you guys here's the deal if you can't get all the way down it's not like you just don't ever think about it and you just keep going about your life and say that's as deep as you can squat your priority now should become how do i get myself to do a full squat Mm -hmm. it no longer is to get through that workout that was designed for you today it should be how do i get to this point what is limiting me the steps and if you can't figure that out for yourself you fucking need to hire somebody so you know anyone who's listening right now if you can't get down to parallel when you squat if you go to a squat and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're you're like you're this, the position Sal was talking about, where you're coming forward and your ass is sticking out, and you're not at ninety degrees or deeper. Then you need to find you need to figure out what it's keeping you from doing that, and then you need to fix that. That's right. Well, let's talk too about like and and I know Sal, you kind of touched on that with like a, using different techniques as far as like having some kind of resistance to help you know hold you in place for you know further range of motion. Another techniques, um, you know, active flexibility. So the difference being active versus passive flexibility. When you think of flexibility, most people think of, okay, I'm going to put myself in this position and now gravity, I'm going to slow my heart rate down. I'm going to breathe yeah, my like way into in a stretch. it. Yes. Sitting in a stretch and holding it for, you know, an allotted amount of time versus applying tension, you know, moving your body into place, uh, actively uh, pursuing more range of motion and then, you know, holding that position and then trying to increase it and move into that position each time mm-hmm. you attempt it. Now they both have they definitely both have their they uh, have their both their have their benefits. place, yes. However, okay, let me explain why active flexibility is better. Let's say I focus on um, let's say I learn how to do the splits, okay? So I can get in this and I'm just sitting there and I or forget the splits, let's do a different one. Let's say I'm I'm laying on the floor and just touching my toes. And I've able to get this real long range of motion. Now I can kind of lay down on my own legs like I'm, you know, stretching my hamstrings. Um, I've now increased the range of motion of my hamstrings, but I haven't increased the strength within that range of motion. Thank you. So then when I get into that range of motion with load in everyday in the everyday world, I go, I'm playing with my kids and I bend over and I'm in that stretch, but now my kid jumps on me. So I'm in that range of motion with weight on me. Boom, I get injured. So just because you have that range of motion doesn't mean you have strength you're within that range of motion. But you're not, yeah, you're not uh, oh, wow. strong in that. All the yoga people right now are freaking out, bro. Well, freaking out, unless bro. it's the right type of yoga no. that utilizes right that, that certain tension. Type, certain types of yoga are fantastic, yeah. because they'll get you in a stretch, but you're supporting your body weight and you're doing these different like sun salutations and positions right. to where you're getting the stretch, but you're also adding resistance to the stretch and you're getting more functional flexibility versus other types of yoga where maybe you're on the ground and you're holding a stretch for long periods of time. And yes, you do get a longer, a better range of motion, but not stronger within that range of motion. Matter of fact, too much flexibility without strength supporting it increases instability. You Mm -hmm. actually become more unstable in your joints. So this is why it's right. This is why weight training is if done properly, weight training 
can give you fantastic. Oh, it trumps them all. It can give you fantastic functional flexibility. Let's say I do, again, we'll focus on squats. Let's say I'm doing my squats and I'm working out and I'm working out. I'm going down to parallel because I'm, tw- I'm tight and I'm going real heavy. But now I'm done with my heavy squats. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and let's say I was doing it with 400 pounds. Why don't I go down to 100 pounds? Really go deep. And, and, and just go real deep with perfect form. And I'm going to feel fucking things stretching. And, yeah. and what I mean by perfect form is I'm not letting shit deviate. Right. I'm not just sitting on my heels because that's not that's not what I'm talking about. I'm getting I'm perfecting my form, coming down, feeling a stretch, holding it for a second, and coming. I'm just doing like ten reps of real lightweight. That's functional flexibility. Yeah. So you could do that with like a, a like for your chest. You know, we just talked about the chest. Rather yeah. than getting in a doorway and holding my chest out and stretch, what if I got some light dumbbells and I did some pet some some flies, but I really exaggerated that range of motion at the bottom. That's functional flexibility. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Functional flexibility. Well, is you're what actively translates. recruiting, and and I mean, there's a mind. I mean, I hate to say that mind muscle connection, but that is what's happening. Like the whole time you're doing it, like you really are active with your mind, with your muscle. Uh, you're trying to to promote contraction, uh, you know, and, and just keeping them tense. But you're also it's it's kind of like an um, I don't I want to say oxymoron, but like when you're thinking of flexibility, you don't think of being tense, mm. right? Right. So it's obvious, it's a it's a different concept, right? Mm -hmm. To to apply, but it's once you once you kind of can feel your way through it, where you're still staying supported in your movement, uh, everything benefits from it. Well, I think it's important that people realize how connected the body is. Um, There's no isolated part of your body, right? So um, if I'm really tight in one area then I'm probably weak in another area that's contributing to that tightness. Well, it's always the antagonist is almost always. Oh, usually, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, like we I don't were, even know a case where it wouldn't be. I'm trying to think right now where... Well, let's say we're talking about... Oh, um, let's say I have really, really tight um, uh, trapezius muscles. It might be because my mid-back is so weak that my trapezius muscles are always trying to stabilize my shoulders. Yeah. And a lot of people are tight in the traps. A lot... Most... I mean, can you, can you recall... Any clients that ever came to you as beginners and, and said they weren't tight in their neck? Yeah, although I think that's still, I still would think that a lot of that's related to your the protracted shoulder girl on the forward head. You right, know? right. The forward head is gonna is going to do that. No, they, yeah, hold on to stress. Yeah, it so is. They but if you strengthen the ability of the shoulder blades to retract and depress, yeah. the trapezius doesn't have to freaking do all the work. Yeah, you know is what ends up ha- is is how you know what I'm referring to. So everything's kind of connected in your body, and so if you're mm. feeling pain. Uh, or you're noticing, you know, things uh, uh, in the way your body's moving. Well, Look at all the different components from strength to tightness to range of motion. And yeah, one of the biggest identifiers for me is balance too. So when I put somebody into like a quadruped position and have them do a bird dog where they go opposite arm and leg out, mm. it's very obvious if you're not connected. Oh yeah, one with side your upper body and lower too. body. One side's always like on people when you first. Which get is crazy. a great exercise. I mean, I mean, these are these core exercises that you know define what type of uh firing is going on your body what kind of connectivity you have established and what kind of work we need to do uh in order to correct these issues so you know that's such a great point you just brought up there uh such a uh, i mean god that was a part of our assessment forever you know what i'm saying we were taught that but you don't really you're taught to do that because you know it was good to do and you would do that exercise to teach people like core activation. But in reality, it was really a sign to show you how the body was connecting with it and, or with yeah. itself and how you were working and how imbalanced you well, were. And you right? see the resurgence of it with FMS and like these different like new ways of assessing people and like quality of movement. 
Uh, and there's this FRC movement that's out, functional range conditioning, which I'm really interested in. But it it, it really emphasizes the fact of, uh, you know, manipulating that um, that connectivity, like being able to establish that uh, with some sort of an isometric component to it. So now I'm really going 100 percent of internal uh, force. So I'm trying to contract at a really high level while still moving. And then now this establishes this connectivity, this, this neuromuscular, uh, recruitment, which, I mean, it makes a lot of logical sense, but they get really weird with it to where you can manipulate, you know, little muscles in your back and like, you know, uh, that are stabilizing your spine and like all this kind of crazy stuff. But, uh, it's really interesting to see how the industry has evolved, uh, in order to address these really, what seems to be simple, things going you know that aren't working in your body properly but once you can identify and pinpoint specifics you know think about how much more optimally you're going to move as a whole well what i would like to see is i would like to see people when they're working out they're doing their their good big gross motor movement compound exercises and then instead of moving on to the isolation machines their finishers Instead of doing their finishers to oh, do, I already know you're going is do unilateral balance exercises with free weights. So instead of going to the leg curl machine on hamstring day after I did my heavy stiff legged deadlifts, why not do a single leg deadlift? Mm-hmm. You know, with balance. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing more of an isolation movement. It's doing the same job that the leg curl would do in the sense that it's that it's not a real big muscle builder, but we're getting way more benefit. Right. We're getting balance. Where you, look, you can definitely tell if you've been compensating this whole time. Yeah. Right? Well, and that, now you're addressing it. Now, that's a really good point when you talk about how in the past we've talked about functional training. We kind of bashed it a little bit. Like how That's how you're supposed to use that it. That is yep. where you incorporate functional training. You don't go take your client and stick them on the BOSU ball and have them do a single no. leg deadlift the very first exercise not, they do. Not to build muscle and, you know, know yeah, it, it's to identify, you know, uh, how you're firing, like the sequence. Like, is everything working simultaneously the way you, you need it to? for these gross you know motor movements that you need such to a great point because i feel like uh you know we did get after functional training and how it's gone crazy and overboard but there is a place for it and that's exactly how we would incorporate it mm-hmm. and still use it is, is in a scenario just like that so that's a great great point yeah because when i do my if i do exercises like that um at the end of my big heavy movements my goal isn't uh, there's a specific goal with those exercises. So my specific goal with uh, let's say let's say I'm doing chest bench press is to build the chest, shoulders, and triceps. And then let's say I go do my quote unquote finisher. It might be to focus just on my range of motion. So I'm not using a lot of weight. I'm just really exaggerating the range of motion. Um, or if I'm doing a back exercise, you know I'm doing all my heavy movements. Maybe my last two sets or of a light machine row even, or a one-arm dumbbell row, and I'm just focusing on this real exaggerated you know, range of motion. Not to necessarily build more muscle, but to, in, to uh, create that mind-to-muscle connection with that extended range of motion to correct any potential imbalances that may, that may arise. That's one of the best ways, I would say, to use functional training if you're already relatively healthy mm-hmm. with your training, aside from a, you know, a purely correctional standpoint when someone comes in with all these, you know, these really glaring you right. know, problems. Um, but yeah, you. I mean, if you take them and use them the way they're supposed to be used, super effective. Oh yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with them at all. Um, you know, uh, uh, legs. You know, uh, what is that? What is that called? Where your leg is up and you're doing the lunge? What is that? Bulgarian. Yeah. Is that a Bulgarian split squat? Is that what squats, that's yeah. uh, That's a great one for oh, balance. Oh, yeah. It's fucking hurts though. But, it's, yeah. <laughs> but that's a great one to do at the end of your you know heavy squat workout, or even modify your squat. You know, with like bottom position squats or you know, pause squats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So 
um, incorporating that into your routine um, makes a big difference. Um, one last thing before we sign off um, that I think is important we talk about since we're on the correctional um, you know standpoint here is uh, how to utilize massage. Oh, mm, yeah. How to utilize massage. Me for sure. Great tool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, very, very good tool. But it's not all massage that's created equal. Oh, not at all. No. It, it, okay, so um, great question that was asked one time uh, because uh, my girl is a massage therapist, those that don't know. And she's by, she not only is a massage therapist, but her and her mom owned the, the first school in the Bay Area here in San Jose. So they've had this school for over 30 years. So they taught most of the massage therapists in our area. So she's pretty badass. Let's put it that way. Um, someone like her, and this is how we actually met. We actually met because I used to go to her clinic. Um, I was like, my, my idea of a massage was to relax and fall asleep. Like my, when I was first got my first massage right. and yeah. I didn't, I didn't a little real, hand job at the end. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I didn't understand, <laughs> I didn't understand the, the yeah. therapy, the therapy side and the corrective side of it Extra 50 until I got to her. And when I first got to her, I was only doing sweetest massages cause I was, I was too much of a wuss to handle the deep tissue and deep tissue to me just seemed like, why would anybody want to be get, go through that pain until I learned how corrective it, it could be. And she could, she can actually massage me, and she feels my imbalances. I don't even have to tell her. You know, she can mm. feel them. And a good massage therapist right. should be able to tell you where where your issues are just by the way she they he or she is rubbing you. And then, just like working out and training, how often you get your massages should be the same way too, like the way we train. Well, you the frequency of it really di- dictates on how hard you go. Right. If you get really, really deep into the muscle and so that you're going to need some time to recover from that. If you get a little bit lighter on that or you focus on different areas and you give other areas rest, massage therapy is very similar to that. And correctional mm. massage, how does it feel, Adam? Is oh, it is it is it oh. relaxing or are you <laughs> oh, no, are you are you biting the when, bed and sweating? When you're, when you're going through it, it's it's it is rough. It's rough while you're going through it because it is it, it hurt. It's it's right. borderline yeah. painful. But when when you can feel her get through stuff, and when she gets through it and then gets away from it, it's like oh, the feeling of relief is worth the pain that you're going through to get through to that. You know. So, so I had the Thai I, massage is not comfortable. No, Let me just oh, go ahead and Thai, say that. <laughs> yeah, not, not my favorite. I though. I. I didn't get massages for 90% of my workout career. Then I had a massage therapist come on board in my studio and I saw literally the miracles she worked with my client. So I would have a client to be working on them with correctional exercise. We're doing stretching. Then they'd go see her. Then they'd come see me. And it's like, it, it was like one third of the time it would have taken me to correct and balance all of a sudden, like boom, much, much faster. So here I am never really getting a massage, maybe one or tw- once or twice in my life. And I had really bad tennis elbow, not from playing tennis, uh, because I'm not that athletic, but uh, it came from uh, at the time. Okay, I was, you wear the shoes for it. Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. It was from doing all the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff, all the gripping, and so I'd have really sore elbows, and I couldn't figure out how to fix it. I would stretch it. I would do all these different things, and it would get a little better, but not that big of a difference. Um, I had She kept telling me, Sal, let me work on your arms. Sal, let me work on your arms. I wasn't a huge believer. I was like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. Well, anyway, she spent one hour on my forearms, one hour just on my forearms. And it was, I'm going to be honest, one of the most painful experiences of my life. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it sucked. I wanted to kill her. I literally thought I was going to be bruised the next day. I'm like, this is for sure. She's tearing some shit. This is not good. <laughs> um, two days later, no more, no more pain. None yeah. at all. This was something I was dealing with a year on and off. Gone after one session. Then I became a believer in massage. So again, if you're having pain and muscle imbalances and issues... Mm. Um, correctional exercise is important. Stretching is important. 
massage. That would be the that would be the other one I would throw in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. makes an absolute huge difference. Yeah, definitely. For sure. You you got you've had you've gotten massage, uh, Justin? Thai massage? Yeah. Well, is that where they stand on your back? Yeah, they like put you in real uncomfortable oh, yeah. stick positions. Their, stick their they grab you. your arms and pull you backwards to get you to hyper extend. Or uh, yeah, so it's 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 brutal. <laughs> did you get? They step on you. Yeah. Did you get it in Thailand? <laughs> no, I got it here. You in, the, in, yeah, in Los oh, Gattis. you big boy. Yeah. <laughs> Sport boy. Tattoo. I take care of you. <laughs> Sport boy tattoo. Yeah, here is me. <laughs> There's two of them. So there's just one, let them do it. One on the left butt yeah. cheek, one on the right butt cheek. Well, they use they were yeah, jumping around body like a against me. They yeah. just were like, yeah, like pressing their whole body onto me and like throwing, you know, pulling my arms back. And I've never had time massage. It's crazy. I have. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to try it. I'm not a fan. Deep tissue is my. I just, Deep tissue. Yeah. Is the way sports. 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 Rolfing. Rolfing is good. Yeah. Yeah. What? Did I say it right? Rolfing. Yeah, I did. Rolfing. Yeah. Rolfing is where they put like you throwing up. Rolfing is where they yeah massage you so hard you throw up. No, it's when you they put you in a deep stretch so you're in a freaking hardcore deep stretch and then while you're in that deep stretch then they go deep tissue massage on the muscle oh that's the acronym for what it stands for yeah it's uh yeah I know what you're talking about I don't know what it stands for yeah that's a, it's but a, it fucking sucks yeah <laughs> so alright well um thanks for listening please subscribe to Mind Pump leave us a five star rating and a great review please say something nice about Doug he loves before it. your mama thank you for listening to Mind Pump for more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>